Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Bob Varsha, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. All right, gearheads, welcome to the show. We just watched the Formula One opening race of the season in Bahrain. Max Verstappen wins, but the headline is 41-year-old Alonzo on the podium. Wow. This is John Massagill, and I am joined in the studio here in Austin, Texas, by my friend Jonathan Green. Mr. Green, how are you, sir? Well, you know, on the lead-up to this, we shouldn't be surprised that Alonso's on the on the podium because on Saturday morning we were talking about a potential, uh, you know, pole position. He topped two of the free practices. Uh, we knew that Stroll was injured, and that was a brilliant uh, effort by him. Uh, and they're now second in the championship by my, my, my adding up. I think you're probably right. We also have on the show Bob Varsha over Zoom. Mr. Varsha, what'd you think? Well, I think it was... <laughs> it was bittersweet for fans of Formula One. Obviously, Red Bull have a leg up on the field. Uh, they were just dominant in every possible way, although I don't think they picked up the uh, point for, for fastest lap. But uh, other than that, just a perfect performance. Um, and on the other hand, we saw some bitter disappointment from teams like Haas and McLaren mm. and Ferrari. I mean, you know, it... it it looked like the same old Ferrari we saw last year. Mechanical problems, electronic problems, dicey pit decisions. You know, why they didn't manage to get science on fresher tires late in the race, I don't know, because he was simply fighting a, uh, a retreating action uh, against uh, the rest of the field. It was sad, but we saw just a fantastic battle. Alonzo voted driver of the race, rightly so. Great battles. I think Aston Martin has never gotten as much TV time, and that's all down to Alonso with his slashing moves and closing down the cars ahead of him. Uh, I'll reiterate what they said on the broadcast for Aston Martin to get up there, beat the Ferraris, beat the Mercedes. Um, that's yes. pretty astonishing stuff. Uh, well, I, I wasn't sure Haas was even in this race. I don't think they showed him on the television until about five laps to go. Uh, Jonathan, you commented that MoneyGram's not probably not excited about that, but uh... <laughs> not really. I, I, my comment, you know, the, the commentators said how ominous uh, this was, and that really is the right word because mm -hmm. you know uh, it was a one-two that we've seen many times before. But this is a new season. Um, they didn't come great out of testing. They weren't a hundred percent happy with the car, but they just annihilated the competition um, by a country mile at one point. I think it was like after four laps, I turned around and said, is he really four seconds ahead already? Yeah. You know, and, and then the gap was at like 40 ridiculous. seconds at one point, maybe. Yeah. In fact, it was more than that because that was the gap from 
Perez to third. So it was, I don't know, close to a minute at one point. Yeah, you, you, there used to be an ad, uh, uh, and I don't know if it was in this country, but there used to be an ad that said that the future was bright, the future is orange. It was a telephone company, and, and unfortunately I think the future is orange. <laughs> yeah. Uh, orange for Holland uh, and Verstappen. But, I mean, Perez also drove very well. I mean, they're bulletproof. I mean, you see Ferrari break down again. You see Mercedes yep. um, obviously, you know, admitting before the race even started that they weren't going to be in the – the running, I actually thought they did better than they were. They they thought they would do actually, hmm. um, both Hamilton and Russell. Um, but the, yeah. the facts remain the same. They've been beaten by a customer team. We are also have on the show Dave O'Neill, who's just joined us, former Haas F1 team manager. Hey, Dave, how are you, sir? I'm very good, thank you. Um, nice start to the season, I guess. Um, in in certain areas and for certain teams, I think the um, you know. Not a bad race all in all. I, I think that um, my opinion should have been that Ferrari should have showed their hand yesterday rather than waiting to try and be clever today um, ah. with the tyre strategy. Yeah. Um, we have um, we have some interesting stuff going on there. I mean, we talked about the Haas. Um, it was quick over one lap, but obviously just didn't have the uh, the race pace. Unf- unfortunately, there's 57. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dave... Um, Yes. I was just going to ask you, do you, uh, had you been uh, on the team radio to Alonzo, would you have also been silent on the fact that, that it was Stroll that hit him? He, I don't think he knew till after the race. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he knew exactly what happened there. He's just, um, <laughs> he's, <laughs> he knows who's boss, you know, and, and again, uh, he, he knows who's boss during the race, but he showed who was boss at the end there. Um, he, he got it done. And um, faultless, absolute faultless drive from Alonso. You know, he two or three occasions he had the the car so close, probably touching, rubbing, whatever, but so close. Um, right. And for to have that skill set at forty one, um, I, I don't know. I mean, he's showing he's showing people different things. And I think we're going to see a lot more of it this year, which would be fantastic. Dave, Dave, let me ask you a question. If you sort of look at it on paper now or, you know, as you look from the 10,000-meter rule, is this a flash in the pan for Aston Martin or, 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 or are they genuinely going to challenge both Mercedes and Ferrari for, for the rest of the season? Well, I think they – I don't think it's a flash in the pan, um, just to answer quickly, but the um, – I think, you know, this surface is a very tricky surface you've seen in Bahrain. Um, mm. It's not great for the tyres, so there's a huge amount of um, of strategy required there. Um, and also, you know, someone like Alonso can look after that rubber um, and nurse it all the way through the race, being able to give himself um, and the team the opportunity to make those moves that he did. So um, I don't think so. I don't, you know, who knows? I hope, I hope they put a win up. Um, over the course of the season, but they're definitely going to be um, in the top Reset. six, I think, for, for the remainder of the year. Looks good. Yeah, I agree. And uh, one of the things that struck me was Alonso's unflagging aggression throughout the race. I mean, when he finally got by, you know, Lewis Hamilton, it was, all right, let's go. I mean, he sounded like Tom Brady on the sidelines with the Buccaneers. <laughs> uh, and, and then he got, uh, I don't remember who it was, uh, Science, I guess, when he got by to you get the podium position, he got out of the radio said, I got him. Uh, you know, that's, that's a guy who is not 41 years of experience old. That is a guy who is just has this boundless enthusiasm for what he's doing. And to, 
to pile on to what Dave just said, the fact that he ha- he was able to keep the car and the tires under him, despite all those slashing moves. You know, we often hear when guys are battling wheel to wheel or one behind the other that, you know, he's going to take all the life and energy out of his tires. Alonzo seemed to have all the tire he need, no matter how hard he pushed him. So I agree with Dave. I think this is uh, this is not a one-off. Uh, Aston Martin's the real deal. Uh, let's see if we've got Chris Medlin out in Bahrain. Looks like his mic is unmuted. Mr. Medlin, uh, what's going on out there? It's just starting to settle down after the podium here, chaps. Some more fireworks went off after that because I don't think we got enough at the end of the race. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, finally starting to quiet down. I wanted just to agree there um, with both sets of comments because don't forget, I think we mentioned it on yesterday's qualifying show, so... Everyone needs to just tune in for that next week or the week after. Um, but this Aston is 95% new. This is one of the most changed cars on the grid. So they surely have more learning to do, more potential in there. I think Alonso himself posted that last night on his Instagram saying plenty more potential to come from this car. So while Red Bull say they evolved their car and have kind of nailed it, essentially, uh, and that's why they look so strong in, in testing, because they knew a lot about it from last year, Aston is still learning about this car. I think there's there's more progress to be made you know just from setup and getting data with it so yeah i think to start at this point uh, it's only going to get better for them wow that's it's really crazy to think about i mean and it's such a monumental achievement guys to break into the top three with a team with a car that's 95 percent new i mean they, they got everything right to, to be able to do this a lot of new personnel you know they, they started from scratch people have to get to know each other get their work habits down. They're building a new factory. I mean, everything is going on and changing in Aston Martin's world, and yet they've come up with a car this good. All right, I have some breaking news. Esteban Ocon has another time penalty. In, he's been uh, penalized into next week, apparently. Yes. <laughs> what, what, what the heck? He had a penalty. Uh, yeah, no kidding. He had a five-second penalty, and then he had a 10-second penalty for not serving the five-second penalty, right? And then he had a 15-second penalty, and then I lost track. I have no idea. I don't even know what happened. Did he just give up? What happened? Well, then he came back on the radio and said, hey, I always do this. Why are they starting to penalize me yeah. now? I thought, what? <laughs> yeah. Not a great argument, right? No. No, no. I was uh, guilty back then. Why am I getting penalized now? Uh, well, let me just run down the uh, the finishing order here. Max Verstappen um, finished first ahead of his teammate, Sergio Perez. Then Fernando Alonso on the podium. Then Carlos Sainz and the, and the other Ferrari that did finish. Lewis Hamilton in the fastest Mercedes in fifth. Then Lance Stroll finishing in sixth. George Russell, Valtteri Bottas, Pierre Gasly, and Albon in the Williams finishing 10th in the points. Mm-hmm. Then Yuki Tsunoda, Logan Sargent, our American, finishing 12th in his first Good race. Good on him. Yeah, we'll take yeah, that. Up from 16th. Yep. Good yep. job. And, and uh, Kevin Magnussen in 13th in the Haas. And then Nick DeVries, the other rookie. Nico Hulkenberg in the other Haas. Joe Guan Yu, and then the, uh, the, the racers that did not finish, Lando Norris, Esteban Ocon, Charles Leclerc, and Oscar Piastri. Not a great day for McLaren. And Jonathan, I said to you while we were watching the race, the day that they released, they did the car reveal. <laughs> we suck. I think, I think yeah, that's, that was what I said. I think McCle- uh, Zach Brown stepped on the stage and says, you like the car? Well, we're going to suck this year, and they are right so far. And, and, and it, you know, and it, it's funny because, as, as you know, I've just come back from New Zealand where McLaren was born, uh, thanks to Bruce, um, and it's their 60th anniversary this year. So, you know, they really want to have a good year. It looks as though they're going to have a good year in Indy, 
Um, but it's going to be a struggle in Formula One. And, and I think we're starting to see just how good Norris was of overdriving the car last year uh, and why Ricardo's demise was, was on the cards because the car just not there. Yeah. Well, let's go to a break. And when we come back, we'll see what Chris's stocking has produced. You're listening to Speed City for him after the break. Yeah, there we go. All right, we'll be right back after this. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky, the source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing, windingroadracing.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hi guys, this is Pierre and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Is Chris still on the line? I am on the line because I'm just trying to get Alex Albon to talk more. He's been talking for ages. But, Alex, <laughs> a point to start the season. I mean, did you see that coming when uh, we first came out here? No. Um, 
I was really disappointed when I lost the position to Pierre because I thought that was, I thought I was already in 10th. So I, I thought I was in 11th and I was like, oh God, let the team down here. And then they said, oh, you're in 10th now. I was like, oh, a bit of a rejuvenated energy to hold off Yuki. Um, but it was really good. When you look at our strategic analysis comparison pace coming into this weekend, we were we were 10th quickest. There's no secret about that. And we we did a great job to 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 make it work. So I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. Truthfully, we've still got work to do. We know our limitations. We know there's short-term progress we can do. So to still score points, you know, I've I've said it a few times now, but the Aston, of course, is they've done a, they've done an amazing job. They're on the podium. It grabs the headlines. But if you look at our improvement, you know we've we we are second best. We've we've done a mega job from 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 last year, and and here we are. You know we're in a, we're in a better fighting position. We still need a couple more tents to be in the midfield. But I'm uh, I'm super happy. Well, uh, you're live on uh, radio across North America, so it'd be remiss of me not to ask about your. Told me that I said, in case I swore or something. <laughs> yeah, well, it's remiss of me not to ask about your teammate Logan. Uh, solid runner twelfth as well. What's it been like working with him? How do you think he's done for his debut? Very good. He's he's naturally quick. I've, se- I've seen it from last year, from his time in F two, um, his pole positions, and just his general pace. So uh, yeah, it was to be almost to me. It was to be expected, but obviously maybe to everyone else it wasn't to be seen. Um, yeah, you know it's it's great because also we're. We're fighting the same things. We're talking the same comments. Of course, he doesn't have the experience of myself, but he has the right language and the right attitude. Where, you know, when we when we need stuff changed, factory, aero, whatever it may be, you know, we're pushing the same things. So it's pretty clear to everyone back in Grove what we need. Um, and yeah, you know, it's uh, I'm sure it's the start of a a good relationship. And he. Definitely keeps me on my toes. <laughs> yeah, it looks like you'll do that, but you dealt with that very well today. Great work. There he is. There we go. Excellent stuff. Running the other direction now, but that's uh, cool. that's a, a very happy uh, Alex Albon. Big smile on his face. And just to let you know, most Formula One drivers are very short. But there was a period in that interview where I was walking down the paddock on a raised curb just because it's so busy, and it got me to Alex's height. <laughs> wow. Uh, so he's he he's is a tall guy in there. Yeah. Wow. I'll tell you what, that's the most positive words I've heard about Williams in two years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and I think we would have not missed that story, but it wouldn't be a headline story just how well Williams did um, today compared to the last two years. And Alban's the perfect guy to judge that. Yeah. What did he say, Chris, when you told him he was live on radio across North America? He didn't want to swear. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He said I could have, could have let him know because he didn't want to swear. But uh, <laughs> that's the thing, to be fair to these drivers, is that they are doing interviews all the time. Uh, they're kind of running from microphone to microphone or he'd just done, uh, I think it was on Sky TV and was like, right, I can finally walk to the other end of the paddock and see my team. And I suddenly appear with another mic stick in his face. So they don't, half the time, I don't think they look. They're just kind of ask the questions and I'll give the answers. It's, it's, it's a big, tough part of the job for them. But uh, yeah, yeah he, uh, more than willing to do so with a smile on his face. Unlike, I will let you know, Lando Norris, who a little bit earlier, I did try and catch his eye and he, I've not seen anyone move so quickly without running. <laughs> Um, with a fake <laughs> smile on their face. I mean, what a rough day for him. I'm going to top up the air in that car uh, yeah. every yeah. seven or eight laps, six pit stops. Uh, sometimes it was quick when it was on track, but just, yeah, awful, yeah. awful hey. day in terms of uh, not getting any clear running. Hey, Chris, we got a caller on the line. I'm going to get him in, but if you get somebody, just interrupt all of us. But we got George, who's been hanging on the line since we went live. 
George in Virginia. Hey, George, how are you, buddy? Hey, gentlemen. First, um, happy 2023 season, and you guys do a great, great job. It, this is my go-to F1 hub, period. <laughs> Good man. Uh, Thanks, George. Oh, great. Thank you. Uh, um, you know, enough is going to be talked about the front because something tells me this is becoming early 2000s Ferrari shoemaker, shoe, um, shoemaker. You know, it's just total dominance. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. But let me let me say here, to be honest. So sorry to interrupt, especially a caller, but we've got an American live Hang on, on the George. show, and it's other than Logan Sargent. Logan, your debut is done, and it looked from the outside to be a very solid run to 12th. How did it feel from the inside of the car? Definitely an awesome day. Uh, loved every second of it. Loved the on-track battles. Um, yeah, I think everything operationally from starts to pit stops to uh, to um, just even just maintaining race pace was was absolutely mega. Um, you know, had some good overtakes there. Uh, first lap was was awesome and uh, loved every second of it. Proud of the team. Great job this weekend. And Alex picking up the first point of the year. Well, I've just spoken to Alex and he was very complimentary about your pace, but he said he knew you were going to be quick. Maybe not everyone watching F1 were ready for it and would have seen it today. But we didn't get to see a lot of you on track because of other battles. What was your highlight? What the moment we should be looking for when we see the highlights? Oh, well, the first lap was very good for both of us, to be honest. We, we both had great starts. Um, I'm tr- I struggle to remember. I, I remember there was a good battle there with, uh, with Nick and with Zoo there at uh, the end. So that was, that was really fun. Um, but to be honest, I fell into a bit of a more lonely race in the middle. But that's all right. I'm, I'm just super proud of what we achieved this weekend as a team. Well, I can tell everyone listening that Logan's got a big smile on his face, um, but I bet you're tired after this weekend as well. So we could hear that smile. Confidence heading into the rest of the rest of the season. To be honest, I, I knew everything you know we did today was possible if we were able to to find the pace in the car, and um, I just really showed myself that I can you know perform at a high level against these against you know the the, the top guys in the, of the sport. And, um, you know, I, I still expect difficulties along the way. I know we're going to a few tracks that are extremely difficult, uh, tracks I don't know that well. So I'm going to have to you know, stay on top of my game, um, you know, keep prepping to the best of my ability and, um, you know, just, just keep improving as a driver. Well, I'll let you get back to your team, but well done today. Thanks for your time, Logan. Wow. You know what? That, that, I love what he said about that because, you know, he, he was a little bit you – know, there were some questions whether oh, – he's just, he just there because he's an American – you know, I know he had a good resume, but there was definitely a, few, a hole or two. But the fact that he said, I'm performing at a high level with the rest of everyone. In other words, I belong here, is mm-hmm. what he was saying. Oh, absolutely. There wasn't mm-hmm. a case of new boy in, oh, it was all coming at me. No, he, like I said at the beginning of the show, I, he, it was like he was born into for this. And, and he's, yeah. he's taking to it, uh, as you'd hope uh, a rookie would, because it is such a leap. Uh, and there is only 20 guys in the world that could do it or get the chance to do it. Uh, and to be able to just walk in there and, like he says, operational, you know, all of yeah. those stuff. Let's get back to George, though. Yeah. Hey, George. We, yeah, exactly. Sorry, George. We didn't mean to cut you off, buddy. No problem. It's always good to make room for American on the grid. Uh, <laughs> I will all, please just, you know, it's a beautiful thing to see. But um, I know it's early, but let's discuss McLaren and Haas. What happened? It was testing. Did they actually do a test or they just kind of, you know, I mean, it's, it's, please explain to me. And I've been following F1 since the 70s. There's no improvement. And they have money, even Haas and the regulations. Please explain, gentlemen, why the results aren't showing. Uh, let's go to Bob. <laughs> okay. Just kidding. Well, you know, I was like, ah, I know all that one. <laughs> 
I'll give you a one word answer. Go Mercedes. On. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, there's a team that won eight championships uh, or seven, I should say, in the uh, constructors category. They've got all the money in the world. They've got all the technology in the world. And yet they came up with, by their standards, a mediocre car. That yeah. can happen. I'm mm -hmm. sure Dave O'Neill can add to this. You, you make decisions. You go down a certain path with technology. And, um, you know, sometimes you miss the bullseye and the clock just will not lie. Yeah. And I think I would add to that, George. Yeah. I mean, you're seeing now in modern Formula One, a lack of testing three days in Bahrain. That was all. Usually, remember, you have two preseason tests and, and it used to be back in the day that you'd have a lot more. So they're rolling out of Abu Dhabi, you know, at the end of November, December. And, you know, that if they haven't already got the, the basics of a good car for the following year, by the time they get to Abu Dhabi um, for, for the last year, then, as you can see, that McLaren are going to be chasing it. Uh, there was a good uh, interview with Zach Brown on Sky where he said, you know, when are you going to have some upgrades? And he said, in a few races' time. And, and that's the reality is that, you know, you're, you're, in, you're in the Middle East to start it all off. You're nowhere near your own factory. If things aren't 100%, there's not a lot you can do. And there's still that human factor of being home in your factory and re rethinking things. Mm. I feel for the uh, North American's biggest McLaren fan, fan, Andy P., who's a big fan of the show. We'll see how he's doing. Hopefully he's not crying in his, uh, crying in his milk. Hey, Chris, I hear your mic light up. What's going on? Uh, I'm just I'm just hovering, but I'm not sure if I'm hovering at a good time or a bad time. Uh, I'm going to see if Lance is up for talking, but he's been doing a lot of interviews and signing autographs with a broken wrist as well. Uh, <laughs> Lance, I'll keep it short for you. Oh, you got a smile on his face for that one. I mean, how's it feeling, first of all, after a race distance? Yeah, not amazing, but feels all right after some good points. So. I mean... I've got to say, I was watching that into the final five laps. You're chasing down Lewis Hamilton. You're doing lap times quicker than a Mercedes and a Ferrari in front of that. Having not even tested this car, let alone with the injury. I mean, how did you do it? Just grinding it out. Um, you know, it was uh, it was great to drive the car today. It had a you know uh, great balance, and um, you know we were really good on the tires. So, yeah, great day for the team. Big heart and mouth moment, though, at the start, wasn't there on the first lap? <laughs> yeah, man, that was a big bullet dodged. <laughs> I mean, how tricky was that to handle? Because I think I saw your left hand had to come off the wheel to get that. It wasn't fun on my wrist, uh, but yeah, I took a couple laps and then it pain came down and I was okay. <laughs> well, just finally then, what's the plan now for the next couple of weeks? What, more rehab? I mean, how strong do you hope to get it by the time we get to Jeddah? Yeah, it should be much better in Jeddah, so that's the plan. Okay, well, good luck with that and well done today. Big bullet dodged. Yeah, that's a line. line of the day. Yeah. Yeah, he's not yeah. kidding, is he? Crikey. Yeah, how, how many implications of that bullet? Not just hitting your teammate, but hitting Alonzo and having your dad as the team owner. Oh, lots of bullets dodged there. Hey, guys, we got, we, we got to squeeze in a break here, so let's do that. And when we come back, we'll continue to break down the Formula 1 Bahrain Grand Prix after this. Hey guys, we are very excited to welcome our new sponsor, All Stop Brewery, to Speed City. These guys make a fantastic beer, and I'm going to let Jonathan talk about it, but I'm going to tell you about it. When I tasted it, I, I'm 
not a big beer aficionado. I like a nice cold beer, but I'm always worried about a craft beer or a new beer that it's going to have a funky taste, especially aftertaste. This beer was fantastic. I have absolutely no uh, no qualms at all that this is my new favorite beer. But, Jonathan, you know why, what makes it so special, the water and the recipe? Well, yeah. I mean, these guys have done their research and do it right, and they've even imported the right water to do it right. I mean, it, it, I tell you, this Allstart beer, fantastic. And I'm, uh, you know, most Europeans are snobs about their beer, uh, and I, I'm, I'm definitely one of those. Because You're definitely a snob? Yes, okay. about my beer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because there's no question, carbonation has always been my issue here in the States. It's overcarbonated. And our lagers, our pilsners and lagers in Europe, um, uh, especially German ones, are not that heavily carbonated. And that's a key thing. And that's the first thing that uh, hit me was just how well they've done the beer. Uh, it's based out of Fredericksburg. It's, uh, it's got a great tie-in because obviously Fredericksburg, a German town, and now they've got a Texas German beer, and it's cracking. Yeah, and the uh, the facility out there, it's amazing. They've, they've really done it right. It's really fantastic. So so check it out. You can get it at all the local HEBs and everything else, right? Yep. Uh, it's around all around Texas. You can get it. Uh, they sell it in... Uh, uh, on on the shelf there as a Texas beer, but uh, I'll tell you what, you're in, right back in Germany when you drink it. And it's Altstadt Beer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, beer.com. Altstadt Beer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, beer.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. F1, you are listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Yeah. You know, I, I just heard her do an intro to the the um, the podcast for BBC. Mm -hmm. uh, what's it called? Uh, Check a flag. Uh, Check a flag, and she sounded pretty Check good. Flag. Yeah, she sounded pretty mm -hmm. good. So, Chris, what's going on? You hovering still? Oh, I am. I'm properly. I'm properly ready to pounce now. Uh, Fred Vasseur is just finishing up. Uh, yet another TV interview. I'm going to get a fake camera and just carry it around with me so people think I've got, I'm on TV. Um, and then I believe 
we are going to be in, which might be right now. It is right now. Fred's coming over. He's so excited to speak to us because <laughs> uh, he's not been doing many interviews. Uh, at least I've made him laugh. Fred, uh, let's start with, we'll start with the negative and move forward. So can you tell us what happened with Charles' car? Uh, we had uh, an issue on the PU side. I think it's coming from the electrical uh, side of the PU, but we don't know yet. And did that feel like a, a comfortable podium? Do you think you have Alonso covered off with his car? Uh, it's never comfortable, but I think he yeah, would have been able to manage Alonso. Well, based on that then, the pace you saw from, from Charles and from Carlos at times during this race, how do you kind of view how the Grand Prix went? Is it about what you're expecting or any disappointment there? No, it's uh, only after race one that you have a you can have a clear picture about the situation. That uh, on some aspect we are, I would say that where we want to be in terms of uh, one lap performance, for example, we are able to match Red Bull in quality, and uh, I would say that we were in a, in a good shape. Uh, where we have to massively improve is reliability uh, and then the degradation because that uh, even if compared to probably Alonso or Mercedes, we are there, compared to Red Bull, it, uh, it was a bit different. Well, the items you said you wanted to change here anyway when you came in, you said reliability was one thing. How long does that sort of thing take in a Formula 1 team? Because nothing happens overnight, does it? No, no, uh, but first we need to understand exactly what's happened today. That, uh, But uh, when I spoke about reliability, it's the global picture that we are too fragile over the weekend with small issues there and there, and we have to fix it clearly if we want to be competitive because that's, uh, you can uh, finish one weekend, but if you have uh, too many issues during the weekend that uh, at, one, at, one at one stage that you will be uh, Well, you've seen the final finishing order from this race. Do you set targets now you've seen that? Is it, you know, do you realistically say, okay, championship will be tough? How, what do you do when you react to the first race? No, no, I think it would be a mistake. And I, I said before to the team, before the event, Guys, that doesn't matter. That's not doesn't matter. But the, the results of uh, Sunday won't be the results of the championship. It means that uh, you experienced it in the past on both ways. That it means that uh, we have to stay focused to draw a conclusion after uh, Sunday and to try to do the best to improve the situation for the race too. And then we'll have uh, 23 to races to do. But uh, honestly, I think that the most important is to to stay calm, to do a proper analysis of the situation to understand where we are weak, because we are weak on some points and uh, we don't have to, to be blind huh? and uh, to push to correct it as soon as possible. Is that gap to Red Bull one you can close? I hope so. I think we all did. Thank you very much, Fred. Thank you, well done. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, anybody besides me, with all due respect to Fred Vasseur, think of uh, Inspector Clouseau when you hear that. <laughs> I wonder if he has bought or rented his rim in Marinello. Rim? It's not my rim. It's not my dog. Do I have a what? A what? A hamburger? I have to say, though, laughing aside, I do love the way the French talk. The line I picked oh, yeah. up was, we are too fragile over the weekend. I do. That is a great use of language isn't, isn't it because it? it sums yeah, up ferrari's issue you're just like me i love to hear those words that it's fragile fragile especially from a woman okay yes, that's better you're i right. wouldn't call fred that but that's an interesting observation oh no what? i don't know i mean fred is fine but i love the females oh, of course with absolutely oh. all, the, all day long hey right. well just just at that moment i'm gonna bring david because i wanted to ask him actually though how damaging is it things that Fred just talked about in terms of you know little details during a race weekend that maybe when we're not paying that much attention in FP2 and you know something stops a long run briefly or 
Uh, there's an issue that means you're not getting great data. How costly can those things be come Sunday afternoon? Very. Mm -hmm. you're, at, you're at a disadvantage straight away. You know, if you if you have the runs that you want to get in, whether they're full full tank runs, i.e., you know, the car's full of gas, um, or low low runs. Um, if you don't achieve those targets, you can't work out the deg on the tires. You know, so you go through the the three sets of tires that you would use, and you gather all that data and the the numbers need to be crunched at the other end. So it's, it is really, you know, even if you go down kind of two or three laps, um, it's a huge disadvantage for uh, the big picture at the end. Mm. Yeah, and uh, David, no, um, former Haas F1 team manager. He, yeah, he would certainly know that. Uh, you know, I what think we forget just how long these checklists are and all the things the teams have to figure out. You know, how's the tire working? in what circumstances, with what pressures and cambering settings and, and all these different things in anticipation of what they might be facing during the race. And that's why we always say when it rains, throw everything out the window because that changes everything. I think as well, you know, good point as well, Bob, but the, the other thing is if you look at the, the ambient change, which also um, concurs with the track temperature change, um, there was a 30 degree difference. So as you're practicing, as the sun's going down, um, all your data kind of exponentially changes to get your end result, um, which is huge, you know, especially with the teams up the top, it makes more of a difference as well. Um, you can kind of play catch up a little bit down the back end. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I think it's difficult for um, Fred to come in and make these huge changes. You know, he only stepped in just before Christmas um, mm -hmm. Most of the plans, the way the car's designed, etc., is all in full flow. Um, mm. August of the of the year you're Good racing, point. so you know, yeah. I we can't you know we can't give him his uh, his room back yet. But you know you've got to give him <laughs> at least a year to get his foot you know his foot under the carpet. His foot under the carpet. He, I think he's you know whether he knows much about engines or gearboxes doesn't really matter. Yeah. The, the fact is that he is a strategist. Uh, he's very clever, um, and you know, once he gets the big ship with the small uh, small rudders moving um, in the correct direction, I think um, we, we can see some movement there. Yeah, you can. Yeah, he's a real no BS kind of guy, which is good to have. Yeah, and yeah, you it's what Ferrari needs. Yeah, and you can't say that, that you know he could have fixed reliability this quick. So yeah, uh, I had. No, I think people underestimate Fred because he's kind of joking and laughing and smiling and you know I'm I wouldn't have got Mattia Bonotto last year for example to laugh no. um, when I started the interview but he's stealing determination and he is ruthless if he needs to be so um it's just different approaches isn't it to maybe to the media or to mm -hmm. the outside world but that doesn't mean that they don't make the tough decisions yeah I had in my notes my favorite team radio of the day and that was when uh Fernando Alonso said and uh, on the cusp of his First podium since 21. He said, this is a lovely car to drive. And you, yeah, it doesn't feel like a GP2 car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you could just tell that he was just already basking in the glow. But he was almost he's... laughing at himself in the same line, knowing that he's the one that's been both so vociferous well, yeah. about a dog, dog, dogs of cars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, plenty of other drivers, I think, were meant to hear that message. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in some way, shape or form. Um, oh, yeah. Right. Someone hey, else. Hey, Chris. Gotta, hang on this. Sorry, no, I've got to... Got to uh, get my elbows out, I'm afraid, chaps, because uh, there's someone else who has a very, very nice car. Not to drive, um, because they're not the one driving it, but I'm about to interrupt them 
uh, enjoying a coffee, I think. Can't, can't quite see what's in the cup, but they're having a cup of tea. <laughs> Very British. Um, but, I mean, it's, uh, what time is it in, in the UK? Half six. It's quite late for a cuppa. Anyway, Christian Horner is who I'm speaking to, and you guys are all guessing there. Um, Christian, Celebratory one, cuppa. two. The car looked the class of the field comfortably. I mean, did that just prove out everything you were hoping for today? Well, look, I think it's just been a wonderful team effort. I think every, everybody throughout the team has, has contributed to this, and it's great to see. I'm just uh, interrupting uh, Christian while he's trying to, well, congratulate some of the team members who have put in that hard work, you say. The uh, Constructors Trophy. So Rob's been out with us a long time. Uh, you know, he uh, looks after all the electronics track side and um, does a great job. And so, uh, you know, it was great to see him get the trophy today. Well, dare I say it, I think you're going to get to pick a number of team members to pick up the Constructors' Trophy based on the pace you showed today compared to everyone else. I mean, how confident are you in, I guess, the car you've built being able to be the class of the field for the season? Because it looked like you had a lot in hand. Well, look, I, I think we biased the race, but, uh, you know, the drivers still did a great job. And the problem is we've only seen a sample of this circuit. None of the cars have run anywhere else. So this Ooh. worked for us here. Will it be the same in Jeddah or Melbourne? I think we need to wait and see. There's a there's an awful lot of racing on an awful lot of different venues. Well, how much did you have to get this car right out of the box? Because we've talked about it towards the end of last year, start of this year, with the cost cap penalty that you'll have limited development. So how crucial was it to get the car strong straight away? It was very important for us to start with a strong basis because then if you're dealing with fundamental issues, we just don't have the development time to be able to uh, react to that. So I think what's really uh, pleasing is to have you know, that, uh, that solid starting point. And a word on Max, I mean, when you come off two championships and then you dominate like that, he must be top of the world right now. Well, look, I think it was a very cool race for Max. He managed it well. He looked after the tyres. The degradation was always going to be an issue here. And, and you know, he's, he's becoming a bit of a master of that. So, uh, and both drivers, you know, they both did a great, great job today. And one last question was, I asked you on the grid who your biggest threat was going to be. Didn't look clear for half of that race, to be honest, whether it was Ferrari or Aston Martin or Mercedes. Is that a good or a bad thing for you, having three teams there, but none of them quite nipping at your heels enough? Well, look, they're all going to develop and have their strengths and weaknesses. So I think it's, it's good for Formula One to have more competitive teams. So, so let's see. Well, we do. well done. Thank you very much, Christian. That's, uh, yeah, a very happy Christian Horner, mm. um, as you can Imagine, I genuinely thought he was going to have something more exciting in his cup. That's why I started talking about it. And uh, it turned out it was a, a cup of tea. Give it a sniff. Mega, wasn't it? Actually? He said uh, it was tea. brown liquids. You, yeah, you didn't get to taste it or sniff it. No, I didn't. I didn't. That's I how the British was celebrate really this with a cup of tea. We, we moved exactly, to the wine yeah. later. Oh. Uh, boy, you know, oh boy. I don't know if he said master or monster when talking about both Max Verstappen, but I think either one, right. Yeah, works. it works. Yeah. yeah. What he said reminded me of what Dave O'Neill just said a minute ago when Chris asked him about, you know, starting the season like this. It's like, you know, when you start on the back foot, like Ferrari's doing, uh, you, you struggle. Well, here they are, you know, Red Bull starting out of the gate. Great. I, Chris, I was, I wanted you to ask him, um, what somebody said on our on our YouTube stream said, can can they win all of the races this year? <laughs> but I think that... well, I'll tell you what that that would be off the back of maybe second, third, fourth, let's go fourth race, Baku. We've got a sprint race there, haven't we? We're going to have had a big gap where teams can develop things. Um, now McLaren aren't in the mix, but they've already talked about how big their upgrade is going to be uh, for Baku that they think will give them a big step forward. So I think that will be the one where if they've won the first three and they win what can be a completely crazy chaotic race 
that's when that question genuinely will come out and be like, is, is that the advantage you've got? Can you target that? Because, I mean, you know, no one's ever done it before. Mm. Chris, I've got a project for you. When you finally sally yes. forth home and get your own cup of tea, um, I want you to head down to Aston Martin. Their smart factory is coming online in May 2023. So we, we used the word ominous about uh, Red Bull. Uh, could Aston Martin be tying their current form with the launch of their new factory? I mean, it, it is an, an, another prospect worth thinking about, isn't it? Well, do you know, I've actually been there. I went down there in December uh, to see the progress at the time there, got shown around. Um, and the kind of head of the whole development and the whole um, overseeing the whole construction, basically, as a guy who was brought out to retirement, having overseen the building of lots of other factories, uh, including, I believe, the MTC um, from McLaren. But the big one was he'd even overseen the construction of the original Jordan factory that they're now knocking down. Yeah. And, and that little building pales into insignificance. It's, it's smaller than one of the three buildings that Aston Martin are now building. It's an enormous facility, wow. but very impressive. Something they've done that's it's very uh, functional, but still an impressive setup. So, yeah, I mean, that's all really looking to move them forward. Um, but that's what's so impressive about this car. That's not been developed in that factory yet because it's not finished. All the personnel are still working out of porter cabins and, and the, old, wow. the old factory at, <laughs> uh, at Jordan. So um, it, it, that's pretty much all on the personnel and kind of their work processes and the wind tunnel, which is the Mercedes wind tunnel they use. Uh, yeah, very, very impressive. And I think there was a little bit of a concern that Aston, when it was Force India and Racing Point, was able to produce cars that seemed even quicker than essentially what they should have been able to with their budget and their personnel. Mm -hmm. And everyone talked about them punching above their weight. It was the opposite uh, last year, wasn't it? They, they had the money and they couldn't do it. But, uh, but this time, yeah, they, they put it all together and that's before those facilities come online. So, yeah, very, very impressive. But, yeah, so, sorry, long story short, I will go back down there and check it out for you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk to a caller who's been holding for 42 minutes. No! So, yes. Ah. We're, we're, we're going to talk to Corvette Mike, but... Oh, he's, he's, he's probably done two states. In that <laughs> yeah. All right. Listen to Speed City back after these messages. Motivation USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiasts looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at MotivationUSA.com. That's MotivationUSA.com. If you want to know where the path to Formula One and Indy begins, it's three simple letters, VRD. VRD Racing of Atlanta, Georgia are dedicated to nurturing young, single-seater drivers on their quest to the pinnacle of motorsport. Having just wrapped up the team's championship title in 2021 in the F4 US Championship, they also have programs in FR Americas, the all-new USF Juniors, and the road to Indy. VRD is the perfect environment for success. To join the team, drop them a DM on Instagram at Velocity underscore RD. Hello to everyone, this is Gunter Steiner, this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio. 
Speed City. While Chris Medlin lurks. Uh, well, so, I'll tell you what, it's a good job you did your job better than I did mine because uh, Gunther <laughs> wanted to go into debrief and he's got a very serious look on his face. He just grabbed Nico Hulkenberg to go in there. So as he walked by me, he just shook his head, pointed and went, I need to go now. Ah. Um, that wasn't my attempt at his accent, I promise. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so... Uh, got afraid, to go and hug uh, the Hulk. Gonna get him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's going to uh, hug the Hulk. Hulk. <laughs> Uh, and I'm similarly told, actually, everyone who's been listening over the weekend, I was told we'd get to speak to Mike Crack, and we are going to get to speak to Mike Crack tonight. Good. But it looks like it'll be quite late, so I'm afraid this will be a plug for the midweek show on Wheel Good. to Wheel, oh, no, uh, where in. we'll get a, get a debrief with Aston Martin uh, on... I do think that interview or that conversation becomes mm, probably one of the most interesting things in Formula One right now. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, certainly does. Certainly does. It's, um, it's going to be really interesting. Um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see kind of how they view it because there was a point in the race where I thought we're going to have to try and remind people where Aston are coming from if they finish sixth and eighth um, or if, you know, Stroll fades and because he's not fit. Uh, so I was ready to kind of try and remind people uh, of the gains they've made. So to get onto the podium, I mean, they must be absolute. Well, they are absolutely buzzing. I've seen some of the mechanics uh, having a little bit of a celebration as they start packing up. Uh, the, I think the only ones that are not so delighted right now are the media team because everybody wants to speak to someone from their team. Mm. Uh, but I've got maybe the biggest indicator, and I do, I will admit, this is probably one I can't grab us, but Lawrence Stroll is now speaking to Sky Sports um, about wow. how the weekend's gone. And, you know, it's it's kind of rare that we see Lawrence talk, talk too much. He kind of likes to stay largely behind yeah, the scenes during race weekends, but he's yeah. obviously very proud of what they've done. He's probably Man, the most intimidating words. guy in Formula One right now, Chris. It feels like to me, what do you, you you're there on the ground. What do you think? Always up there. I mean, yeah, actually, got to be one of because uh, Bernie yeah. walked into the paddock earlier uh, and hardly anyone better than eyelid because it, Bernie wields no power over this place anymore. So, right. how did um, he get a is... credential for Crown Out Loud? Uh, well, he's very good friends with the <laughs> Crown Prince. Here. He's small um, enough to um, go um, under the turnstiles. <laughs> right. Stop it. Um, but uh, he's still got plenty of fans, I will admit. I was actually chatting away with a friend of the show, Dan DeMonte, who's the CMO at the Skip Barber Racing School. And he said he went to me, is that Bernie? I was like, yeah. And he's like, what's he doing here? And I'm like, well, you know, he, he gets a pass to come to this race uh, all the time. He's like, do you think you'll mind if I say hello? And I'm like, you could try. Uh, and he did get to shake his hand and say he's a big fan of what he'd done, which I think was got to be nice for Bernie to hear because let's be honest, that this sport is booming right now. And there's a lot that Bernie didn't get right or certainly shouldn't have said. Uh, yeah, or wished he had he done. He still built yeah. it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, there's, I, you know, this sport went from just garage Easter's uh, just running cars and no professionalism to this huge multi-billion dollar industry. Well, all I can say is if I'm his age and I'm married to a Brazilian lawyer of 35 years old, I wouldn't be going away. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Chris, if you run into the Skip Barber folks, um, tell them that I'm wearing my uh, my Skip Barber shirt that I got after right after my three-day school. This was this shirt is like 25 years old. My It's my favorite motorsports shirt. And tell them that they too could have a live read like I did for Absolutely. Check out all the free advertising. That's like, oh, it's not free advertising. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, a very cool program that uh, having had a go. Uh, but uh, we, I think what's going to be very exciting, actually, they're, they're probably very excited by what Logan did earlier with seeing an American coming in competitively. Uh, and I know he was interrupting one caller, uh, have I held off another caller long enough? Oh yeah, well, let's yeah. see. Let, let's hey. see if Corvette Mike is still there. He he is a Cor- Corvette Mike. Hey Mike, have you gone through a couple of states while you've been waiting for us to to bring you on? Well, 
Well, let's say I am uh, in the great state of Maine, up close to Bar Harbor. <laughs> I have a friend from Bar Harbor, uh, Maine. I'm well up here. I got. I want to say hey I, to the guys and everyone. I'm glad the season started again. I thought it was a great race with P1 expected, P2 suspected, but <laughs> P3 was out of the world. Hey, I'm really happy for Alonzo. I think it, it was well deserved. He's you know, proved himself. But I have to say, I'm glad Chris yielded to it because my real question was, what did Gunther say at the pre-race? Uh, uh, what do you, I'm not sure. What do you mean? He said, like, well, we can start working about next year, right? Oh, Toto, you mean? Yeah. Oh, Toto. Oh, that was Toto oh, Wolf. Me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Toto. Yep. Yeah. Ah, look at me blow it on the air. All right. Yeah. With Toto. Hey, Mike, uh, you've, done, you've done great, Mike. And I'm telling you right now, I'm going to steal that line about expected, suspected. and out of I like show. that line. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And what does it pay? <laughs> Checks in the mail. Checks in the mail, buddy. <laughs> A nice round number. Hey, Corvette Love Mike, it. when, when are we going to see... Corvette Mike, when he, and we call Corvette Mike because he hauls Corvettes for a living on the back of an 18-wheeler, but uh, are we going to see any of the E-Rays? That is an impressive new American sports car, the uh, the hybrid Corvette, man. Are we going to see those on your truck soon? I really don't have any intel on that other than it's going to be heavy. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, they're, they're not that much heavier, though. They're only like... 160, 180 pounds heavier. And, uh, but when you add them up at 10 at the time. Oh, well, you know, there you go. <laughs> Didn't think about that. That's true. <laughs> yeah. But, again, love what you guys do. It's, it's going to be a great season. I really enjoyed this race, the first one of the season, more than any I can remember in, in recent years. Well, thanks, Mike. Thanks for, thanks for listening, and I uh, appreciate you holding on, buddy. Hey, Chris. I just want to pick up on that for Mike as well, actually. What yeah. I really like about that is, as we said, didn't we, pre-race, sometimes you get a really dull one at the front, and, and we did get that, uh, but it wasn't unexpected. But it's about what's going on further back and not being able yeah. to call it until late in the race yeah. and seeing. I mean, we saw Alonso fighting, like, scrapping properly with Hamilton and Sainz. It was great. Um, you know, that hasn't been able to happen for a long time, and these are... Yeah, you know, Hamilton and Alonso go way back, don't they? So those sorts of battles, even someone like Albon getting the car up into 10th, Gasly coming through the field. Um, Bottas is one, actually, I, I want to make sure we don't overlook. Just a really solid run, yeah. isn't it, into the points for Valtteri. Um, Alfa Romeo just kind of picking up where they left off last year in terms of going, all right, we'll just have a drama-free run with one of our cars and stick it in the points. So, um, yeah, those those sorts of aspects are the bits that they're still good racing. Sadly, not for P1, but that doesn't mean it's not uh, incredible to watch these machines go in. Uh, at it over uh, what 57 laps yeah 57 yep yeah you're you know what you said it earlier you said it wasn't the most exciting race and i and i went i had to scratch my head for a minute i was like yeah at the front but there was so much was going, going on, on there yeah. was so much going on for for a good bit of the race i was not disappointed in all at to, all to, to be honest i was surprised at, at both the real reliability I, I keep going on about the fact that we haven't had you know as much testing and you know, they're throwing it about a bit, you know, in terms of getting everything ready. But it was actually, a, it looked like a race from halfway through the season. Yeah, it really did. Yeah. Uh, we're almost out of time. We, and we have a very hard out. Uh, first of all, I want to thank everybody. Dave O'Neill, appreciate you tuning in or uh, joining us. And Bob Varsha, yeah, you yeah. too, of course, over Zoom. Um, and Chris, you and I will be uh, Wednesday on the Wheel to Wheel show. And, of course, we have our new post-qualifying show. Um, two weeks, but remember, a, Speed City does a show every Sunday night, 
during the offseason, especially we, I mean, during the off weekends, because we have no Formula One race, so we'll have that next weekend. But, but thanks, everybody, for tuning in. However you tuned in, we appreciate it very much, and we'll talk to you next week. Have a trip. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.